Hello and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and today is a little less structured than normal. Um, Quite a few of you have been asking about this and I've thought about doing it for a while, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you my whole story about moving this year. The stress of moving, how it came to be, all that good stuff. So I don't have a script in front of me. I don't have any of that. We're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, which sometimes is great. Sometimes it's interesting. So, you know, rest assured, I warned you. (laughs) And um, yeah, just if you're wanting to get to know a little bit more about me, how we manage that stress moving, that's kind of going to be what this episode is all about. So I would say it's fair to say that in March, uh, our lives changed with the pandemic. I had been running my business, Stressless Ladies, full-time. My husband had a job he absolutely adored uh, working in the audiovisual sector for live events. And overnight, our incomes just dropped, right? I do a lot of public speaking for organizations, and everyone's budgets froze, right? It was like, we don't know what's happening next, so we're freezing our budget. And I understand why, right? Like, all businesses need to survive, but it meant that mine took an epic hit, which ironically came at a time when people were more stressed than ever, right? But I, I was I was not in high demand at that point. And so that was a lot of stress and pressure. My husband works in live events, as I said, so suddenly he wasn't working. Uh, kids were out of daycare, all that, all that good stuff that came with every to everyone in March and April. And as we kind of progressed into April and into May, um, it wasn't looking like things were going to be rebounding anytime soon, right? Especially for my husband and live events. Like there was some business, there were some events happening, more sort of like web streaming and live streaming, but um, not to the same degree. And, and it was in Alberta in particular, because we'd had an oil and gas recession. There's so many people looking for jobs. So many people looking for jobs pre-COVID, add on COVID and, you know, that just doubled or tripled. And we knew that for us to find certain types of jobs, we would have to upskill, reskill, and we didn't have the budget or the time to really do that, right? You need a job now. You don't need a job in six months. I mean, you need a job in six months. You know what I mean? And what was really stopping us from making any real action is I've never thought of, I'd never thought of leaving Calgary, of leaving Alberta. I loved the house that we had. I like when I saw it the first time, like I've loved it from day one and we made it our own and it was where I raised my kids in the early days, right? Um, There's so much that was special to me about that house. And so making the decision to leave, it actually happened very quickly. I remember the date. It happened on June 21st. We kind of had talked for a while. My mom is retiring to Victoria, BC. And we're like, what if we moved to Victoria? What would that look like? And in a matter of 24 hours, we made the decision. And it's wild because I've taken longer to make decisions that were less impactful, right? You know, how long do we spend researching what TV we want or what kind of blender we're going to buy or that kind of thing. But I just knew in my gut that staying in Alberta was not going to be good for my family, for our prospects. So, So we decided we were moving. And we started looking at realtors and we interviewed four realtors. And I tell you, that was an incredibly gut-wrenching process because three out of four of the realtors, we knew we were going to lose money on our house. Like we 100% knew we were going to lose money. It was a recession. But 
to give you a, like some context, our house, when we bought it, we paid 370000 for it, roughly. And we had one realtor tell us she wouldn't, she could sell it for three oh nine. And so in five years, basically, we would take a complete loss on five years worth of money that we put down on the mortgage. We would completely lose everything we put into it. And that's definitely when I had a moment of like, oh, God, I guess we can't even afford to move. Like, we're stuck. And then we talked to this fourth realtor. And she was really great because she came in and said, I think we can price this at three sixty five. And I was like, are you just saying that so you'll win our business? Or are you saying that because like you actually think we could get that? And she's like, I I would say she's as smart as a whip realtor. Like she did a really great job. There was a pair of them. (laughs) She she partnered with another realtor. I don't want to talk about the other realtor because I didn't have a good experience with him. But with her, I had a fantastic experience. So my husband and I bust her a butt for like two weeks to get our house into like show ready condition. Absolutely sparkling, everything clean, bunch of stuff went to the dump, sold a bunch of stuff. Like it was like I it was sweaty work that two weeks. And we got the house into pristine condition and got it on the market. And in the first day, I think we had something like seven viewings, which I'll remind you was during COVID. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to a coffee shop. I couldn't whatever. So I was just like literally walking the streets of my neighborhood for an entire day and like nipping into the house for a bathroom break in between viewings like that's what it was like um and we got an offer that morning at 10 a.m there was a viewing and then there was an offer for you know a good chunk of change less than what we had listed it for and they wanted to know by noon and i was like what it like what in what world do you find out really quickly about an offer anyways we had multiple offers come in which was fantastic. I mean, we were right in that sweet spot for our house in terms of like who would want it. Um, A lot of people were downsizing. Our place was a a great size. We had a rental unit. Anyway, so we we sold our house that night, a conditional sale. Now, I don't want to go into the nitty gritty. I don't even think I'm probably allowed to go into the nitty gritty. But in a nutshell, home inspection comes back. The buyer wanted some money off it. Ironically, they wanted the exact same amount off that they offered us in the first place. Um, So it felt very calculated to me. I'm finding even right now, as we've just gone through the process of buying a house, real estate feels really yucky to me. Uh, I am someone who really cares about how you treat people and I care about morals and I care about people's feelings. And it, it often feels to me that real estate is not like that. I remember talking to a friend about this, actually, who had moved multiple times. And I asked her about it and she's like, oh, I don't like, I don't care. It's totally a business transaction. And maybe I just need to get into that mind frame when it comes to real estate. But I took it very, very personally. And I won't lie, I didn't love the buyer of our house. I will say that. Anyways, fast forward. We're getting ready to move. And the week before, or four or five days before, we're actually, our moving day is, our daycare calls. And they have to close because our daycare provider's gotten sick and she needs to be COVID tested. Oh, so, you know, in these last few days when you're like, oh, this is the time when we will get every final thing packed and we will figure everything out to move across provinces and everything's halted with a COVID scare. I was so incredibly stressed. I remember, you know, just waking up in the middle of the night and vomiting from the stress and and not even just the stress of like, we're moving, we're leaving, we have all this stuff to do, but like, do we have COVID? 
right? This very real fear that's been lingering for months. Like, if our daycare provider has COVID and she came into contact with, you know, she was with our kids all day long and then do we have COVID? And then we started getting like sore throats and all that kind of stuff. So we had to go get COVID. Um, yeah, we got COVID tests. Um, and I remember calling Alberta HealthLink and I said, like, are we allowed to leave the province? We're supposed to leave in two days. And they said, you can't leave until you have a negative test. And I completely get it. Like, I, I fully logically understand that. But in my head, I was like, well, then if we're like, where are the movers going to put all our stuff? If they get there before us, how is that going to work? Like, it was it was just a logistical nightmare. So anyways, we had to book an Airbnb for a few days so we could wait for the results of our COVID test. Thankfully, everything came back negative. Like, it was a common cold, but scary as hell. And especially those two days staying in an Airbnb, not allowed to go anywhere, right? Because we all, you know, had a cold. Can't go to parks, can't go to anything. And then ugh, it, it, it all cleared very quickly. Like, it was more like a 24-hour kind of cold, sore throat type of thing. And then we got cleared for COVID and then we were allowed to travel. So that was good. Traveling was not overly stressful. You know, the kids actually did really great in the car. They don't go to what, sleep well in hotels. So we didn't sleep that great over the next couple of days. But then we arrived in Victoria. So we get here. And then there's the whole, like, got to register your car. Uh, got to get your new driver's license. Um, I struggled to get my driver's license changed because I immigrated here in the 80s to Canada. And somehow my certificate of citizenship, my card got lost a long time ago. And I've just never gotten around to replacing it because it's never been an issue. Well, fun fact, it's an issue when you move provinces. So that was just intensely stressful. Um, there's a lot of stress. <laughs> The kids weren't in a daycare yet because we didn't know what we were going to do. We thought, oh, well, maybe we'll try and save the money of daycare over the next few months. My husband can stay home with the kids. I had found a job at this point. Um, I'd found the job when we were back in Calgary, uh, started it in Calgary, and then came to Victoria with it, to their Victoria office. But we quickly realized, like, the kids need other people. They need other kids. They need that structure child care providers are far better at like giving my kids that structure and that uh, education than I am. Uh, so, or my husband is. So we, after a month, very quickly looked at finding a daycare <laughs> and everyone's been happier for it. Trust me. And then it's been the house hunting process, right? We've been looking for a house for ages and here's what I did not appreciate before we moved. I knew houses were going to be more expensive in BC. I, like I knew that, but the difference is in Alberta, you would see a listing price. And the question is always, how much can I get off of that listing price? Here, it's how much am I going to have to pay over that listing price? So when I had been budgeting in my mind for a house, I'd been budgeting based on the listing price and thinking, oh, we'll be able to get a little bit off of that. No, no, no. It is super competitive here. And so on average, you'll end up spending five to ten, at least 5 to 10% over your listing price. And so that's a big shift to our budget, right? And you have to see places here the day the listing comes on or the day after. Everything happens very, very quickly. And that's stressful as well. Like there's been a whole lot of stress going on. And so how do I manage? How have I been managing that, <laughs> right? It's going to sound like a cliche, but fresh air, exercise, and sunshine are my go-tos especially when the kids are just constantly home right now, right? Like one of them has a cough at the moment, again, COVID negative, but because he had a respiratory virus as a kid, his colds, his coughs last longer. So 
we're all home together at the moment. Um, they're all out for a walk right now while I record these. And it's been important to get space when I need it, right? And I think for my husband and I, we know that we're able to let off steam with one another and not take it personally. Like there's times where we just get snappy with one another and, you know, very quickly followed by a, I'm sorry, I don't mean it kind of thing. And I'm not saying that's necessarily the most healthy thing. I'm sure some people listening are like, you should never snap at your partner. But we're in a place where we, we are each other's safe place, right? Especially when we don't have family here. We don't have like our own network here. It's COVID. Uh, we have very much had to be that safe place to be able to let off steam with one another and then come back together same day kind of thing. We have had to trade off, right? Of, you know, I give him some time, my husband some time to himself to do whatever he needs to do. He gives me some time to myself because I think, especially if you're an introvert, you will find with COVID, with everyone being home, it's hard to get that space. And it's different. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, once the kids go to bed, you get some space. Well, here's another fun fact. My kids are sharing a bedroom right now because we're in 800 square feet while we've been house hunting. And they just need different bedtimes now. And that's not really possible in the situation that we're in. So bedtime is a lot of fighting and crying. And, you know, it's not fun to end your day with crying and fighting and fuss. You just want them to go to bed. (laughs) So we finally found a house that we liked. We put in an offer. You know, it does make me a little bit gross and sick to my stomach how much we've had to pay for something that versus what we had in Calgary. But... Then I ask myself, would I still want to be there? And this is no shade to my many listeners who are in Alberta. This is absolutely no shade. Albert, like, honestly, if it weren't for COVID, we wouldn't be moving. Like, this wouldn't have changed. Like, we wouldn't be here now if it weren't for COVID. COVID has really changed our lives. I love Alberta. I love the mountains. I love the, like, it is one of the most beautiful places, in my opinion. But if you don't have a job then your life becomes financial stress. And financial stress is intense, right? Because there's only so much you feel you are in control of. And so that became the real decider for us. So there is always going to be an element of missing Alberta. There's always going to be that. I never pictured myself living anywhere else. Like I really felt Alberta was home. But our lives have changed and this is our situation. And I do feel we're going to love it here as well. We just need to settle in, right? Um, I think in a previous podcast episode, I said my word for this year is settle because I really just want to settle in. I want less crap going on. Um, Like I want less change. That's what I really want for this year. So definitely fresh air, exercise, sunshine, having that person that you can talk to who is your safe space, whether that's to vent, whether that's to just like let off steam, whether that's to, you know, watch junk on Netflix with, right? We've watched a lot of stuff this year. You know how Spotify has been doing that? Like, here are your top 10 songs of the year and here's how many hours of music you listen to. I'm like, there's a reason Netflix doesn't do that because it would make you feel bad. (laughs) But we've watched a whole lot of TV this year. Some good stuff too. Good, Good television in 2020. As we're continuing to sort of manage the stress of another house move, we have to do some renovations to it before we move in. Um, your kids are sick again, right? So that always throws a loop because you can't go and do the things because they're always there and they're not in daycare. We have to take it one day at a time. It sometimes, I think, feels very personal when these things happen to you. It feels like the world is out to get me. 
my goddamn kids are sick again. Like they just don't want to give me a break. The universe doesn't want to give me a break. Like it can be very easy. And I do slip into it as well because I'm human. It can be very easy to get into the world is against me kind of thinking. But here's the thing that's not helpful. I think you need to honor that feeling. You need to like recognize wherever you're at is where you're at. But then I always ask myself, what can I do? How can I get into action? Sometimes there's a need to wallow. There's 100% a need to wallow. Like I think of that Gilmore Girls episode where like Rory needed to wallow, right? She needed to eat the eat the food and watch the TV and she needed to wallow. It's part of the process. But then you need to get into action after that. So I always start very small with that action. What's one thing I can do today? If I'm really frustrated with my kids or like they're, you know, there's just a lot of screaming going on and tantrums and all that kind of thing. It's like, what's the one moment I can hold on to today that was a good moment? You know, this morning my son woke up 40 minutes before his alarm and I was like, I'm not going to be frustrated about it today. I'm going to instead snuggle him on the couch while he watches his show and I plugged in a podcast and listened to it so it didn't bother him. And I just got cuddles and he put on these like science goggles and he looked like a little... Uh, scientist it was super cute would I have preferred an extra bit of sleep and for him to have slept yeah but it's I'm it's these tiny little things where it's like okay what can I do differently when we are straining against a force that's happening it creates more friction for us right if I'm trying not to make something the way it is that hurts me more than it hurts anybody else so I really need for myself to always focus on okay how do I ease into what's happening because it's happening. I don't have a choice about it. It's happening. And then from easing into it, how can then I then maneuver, right? How can I take control of the car in the little bit of way that I can? I'm just throwing in a bunch of metaphors here that probably are not all matching up, but you know what I mean. So in a nutshell, the process of moving, of making a big life shift, whether you're moving within your city, whether you're moving provinces or countries or whatever that is, it's intensely stressful. Moving is one of the top five stressors that people list. And I totally get why. But that's when you need to hold on to like some simple core truths for yourself. So those simple cores, core truths for me are fresh air, exercise, sunshine. It is having someone to talk to who is my person, who is my rock, in this case, my husband. It is taking, it is breaking things down And it is easing into the reality of what it is and not trying to make something something it's not. That is, those are the principles that have helped me out. Have I cried in the past few months? 100%. Uh, There's cortisol in your tears, so it's actually a good thing to cry. You're actually physically expelling the stress from your body. Have I felt sick to my stomach? Yes, I told you I barfed in the middle of the night from the stress of like thinking we had COVID and having to move in a few days. Have I felt concerns or worried I've made the wrong decision 100% I don't think it's realistic when you make a big life move when there's bumps in the road to not have not worry that you're going to regret it not worry that you made the wrong choice I don't think that's realistic but again meet yourself where you're at feel that in the moment and then go is this actually true is this real you know me not having my citizenship information is not the end of the world feels like in the moment when they're like, no, we cannot give you a driver's license, which means you cannot get anything else. Feels like the end of the world in that moment. But then you have to roll back and, you know, equalize or recalibrate your emotions and get back to like, okay, what can I actually do about it? 
What can I do about it? What's the tiniest thing I can do right this moment? And then do that. So I don't know if this was helpful. I don't know if this was just me sort of uh, going off about what my experience has been like for the last six months. Maybe it explains why you've heard a lot less from me (laughs) over the last six months. My life, um, in the words of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, has been flipped, turned upside down. But it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And we just have to keep on keeping on, right? Take good care of yourself. So whatever change you're going through right now, maybe you're not moving, but maybe you're homeschooling your kid or maybe you're working from home for the 10th, 11th, whatever month it is, and you're starting to feel real depression or frustration over it. Whatever whatever big stress you're going through, find your anchors, find the things that help make you feel more like you, find your people and start taking a tiny, tiny bit of action. And I know that sounds like a lot, especially if you're like, Victoria, I have no time. I hear you. I also feel like I have no time. (laughs) But that's why I'm saying start very small. And if you have to, go back to the a couple episodes ago where we talked about what are you opting out of this year? Right? I'm opting out of great ambitions for my business. And it's not to say my business isn't still chugging along, but it's not going to be where I thought it would be last year. And I'm okay with that now. I'm opting out of striving for, like, I'm really opting out of high ambition in in a lot of areas of my life this year. And I'm okay with that because I want some peace and calm and quiet this year. I want to relax, even during a pandemic. And that's totally possible. So it's, there's a constant readjusting of expectations that we have to make throughout our life. COVID's really brought this into, into the forefront as people have lost jobs, as they've had to move, as they have lost loved ones, right? We've had to really change our lives. And they're going to be like this for a while, right? This isn't, you know, yes, the vaccine's coming out, but not everyone's going to get vaccinated. <laughs> all those things, all the things that are outside of our control. But figure out what your anchors are, who are your people, and what small action can you take? Recognize where you're at in the moment. Don't try and force yourself to feel a way you don't feel. And you'll get there. And if there's anything that I can do to support you on this journey, you let me know. I am doing, because I know that 12 weeks is, usually my programs are 12 weeks long. I, I coach clients one-to-one for 12 weeks. I know that's a lot for a lot of people right now and possibly financially a lot. If you're interested in doing a 90-minute stress reduction strategy session with me where we look at sort of what are your big stressors, how can we help you through this for the next year, or if you're wanting to do sort of few, you know, some coaching but fewer sessions with me, just email me, okay? Victoria at stresslessladies.com and we can talk about what that would look like. I find the 90-minute sessions to be really, really powerful because we figure out exactly where you're at and what you need over the next few few weeks with the goal of what do you need over the next few months. And we make an action plan for you. Uh, I find it super, super powerful. Uh, I know I do when I talk to my business coach and do these kind of sessions. And so this would be really focused on your stress reduction. So if you're interested in that, again, email me, victoria at stresslessladies.com, and we will set that up for you. But regardless, take good care, and I hope you have a fantastic week. All the best.